Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the reading from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. In the name of Jesus, amen. Rejoice. Again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoicing these days might feel a bit like playing the fiddle while Rome burns or the Titanic goes down. Rejoice? Are you sure? Well, again, I will say, rejoice. From the end of the church year in November through this season of Advent, the readings from Scripture have acknowledged that this world is on its way out. It is broken, beyond repair. The world is going to die. Indeed, it has to die. Our hope, our only hope, is the resurrection from the dead. And that's exactly why we are told, yes, commanded, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Because tonight, we will hear the sign of the birth of the Word made flesh. The Son of God become the Son of Mary. That the King was born in Bethlehem and He was born not just to rule as we see the rulers of this world ruling, But this king of all was born to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many, to give his life for the life of the world. And so St. Paul instructs you, rejoice in the Lord. He does not say that you need to be happy about the way that things are in the world. He doesn't say that you need to be happy about the way that things are in your own life. He doesn't even say that, well, as Christians, it's your job to put on a brave face, grit your teeth, and smile through it all. He doesn't say anything about how you have to feel about all of this. Rather, he tells you to rejoice. And he doesn't just say rejoice, he says rejoice in the Lord. For it is the Lord who is born for you, who shares in your flesh and blood, who bears your griefs and carries your sorrows, the Lord who suffers for your sins, who dies for you, and who is risen. And so in him you should and you can rejoice. And you can rejoice in him always. Because he is always for you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And his steadfast love, whatever else may happen, his love endures forever. And so when we don't do this, when we ignore this word of the Lord and we don't rejoice in the Lord, even if we are still rejoicing the things that we're happy about, then our lives will show the fruits of our lack of joy. We become unreasonable. Things that go wrong become overwhelming to us. We panic and lose our temper over insignificant things. We bounce from high to low to high to lower at the mercy of whatever is happening to us at the moment. When we do not rejoice in the Lord, we become anxious. We worry about all the bad things that are happening and fret about the bad things that might happen. We fret sometimes even about the good things in our lives, anxious lest we lose them. And then when we turn to all kinds of potential solutions, each one worse than the last, seeking salvation from our fears, we go from bad to worse. In our culture today, the current race of anxiety and extremes of every kind speak to a culture that has lost its joy and indeed all too often to a church that has lost her joy. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And then St. Paul goes on, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is why you are told rejoice. But then St. Paul also tells you the means by which you are to rejoice. You are encouraged to reasonableness, to receiving and understanding your life in view of the cross of Christ, to understand what is the truth, that Christ has already accomplished the salvation of the world, that you are not left alone trying to reach this salvation somewhere else. Rather, the Lord is at hand. Christ is with you in your midst. You are baptized. You are united to Christ. He surrounds you with his body, the church. He was laid in the manger, and he now feeds you with his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins, strengthening and preserving you unto life everlasting. So whatever else may be going on, rejoice in these things. For yes, there are anxious things all around you and in your life, and those things don't just disappear, but Christ gives you a remedy for that too. The Christian life of joy is necessarily also a life prayer. In everything, St. Paul says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the promise that is attached to this is not simply that if you pray and everything, you might get what you want. The promise is so much better than that. Your requests, St. Paul says, are made known to God. You are heard by God And he answers you according to his perfect love in Christ Jesus. And above all else, he answers your prayers in everything with the gift of the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And it is this peace of God which produces our unending joy. We're very familiar, I think, with this verse about peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And it's easy to miss the kind of statement that it actually is. St. Paul says that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This peace is not just something that sits there doing nothing. The peace of God is active. It guards your hearts and your minds. It is not a vague serenity of feeling chill about life, but rather the peace of God guards and protects you because it is the peace of the cross of Christ that takes in not just the good, but also the bad, that he bears all things on the cross, and yet he does not end in death in the tomb, but in the resurrection from the dead. And so in whatever is going on in your life, even if it literally feels like that, you can rejoice because you with Christ will come through death and suffering to the resurrection from the dead. Today, in a few minutes, you will see the body and blood of Jesus lifted up and held before you in the bread and the wine. And you will hear the words, the peace of the Lord be with you always. That is the peace that enables you to greet one another as we prepare for the sacrament by saying to one another, peace be with you. That's not an idle phrase, a mere greeting, but it's confessing the truth that Christ in his body and blood has accomplished peace for you. Even as you will hear this evening 
in the good news of the birth of Jesus about peace on earth. Again, not an empty phrase and not a commentary on the current political state of the world, but the peace that is in Christ, the one who dies for your sins and rises from the dead. And it is this peace, this peace which is given to you in the body and blood of Jesus, born for you, crucified for you, risen for you. It is this peace that enables you to rejoice. And yes, again, I will say rejoice. And rejoicing in this, the peace of God which is with you always, that peace indeed which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.